Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to episode 413 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and with me this week is. Daryl, how are you doing? Um, great, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. So, uh, it's been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? I have been catching some things, a nice little mix. So, we will start with King of Killers. So, King of Killers is a 2023 action film. In terms of the star power, we have Alan Moosey, who some of you might know because he was the lead of the Kickboxer revival from a few years ago, right. um, which made two Kickboxer films. He was also in a film called Jiu-Jitsu with Nicolas Cage, right? Um, which was a one of those straight-to-DVD action film, which was sort of a poor man's Mortal Kombat movie. Okay. But yeah, basically he's more known as a stuntman. Recently sort of made the changeover to being an actor. He's accomplished martial artist, so you obviously know where we're going in this. Yes. So, King of Killers, we follow this gentleman called Garen, and he is an ex-CIA wet works guy, so an assassin, following him along on his missions, and we see that he is a family man with a wife and child, and then as these things tend to, one of his missions goes wrong, resulting in the death of his wife, and we sort of have a time jump where he's retired from everything, and is just trying to take care of his his daughter and he's left the killing people profession until he receives an offer to kill someone who's known as the king of killers basically the most famous assassin although i don't know how you become a famous assassin <laughs> those two things yes. just wouldn't seem to work together but anyway yeah so an unknown person will pay him 10 million to kill this king of killers he refuses because of course only for his daughter to be taken ill and obviously she needs life-saving surgery so you can see where it's going He's yes. in. so he heads off to find out more about the mission and uh, we quickly find out that there is more to this than a simple hit there are a number of other hitmen who have been assembled and we find out that the person who took the contract out on the king of killers is the king of killers himself okay so it's a contest if one of them kill him they get 10 million that's the initial thing of the of it and and we find out why, as obviously if you go through and watch it. It also has Frank Grillo, who you know from Captain America with the Soldier. Yes. If you saw Boss Level, that was out recently. That's sort of action film. 
hyper-violent sort of thing, which is quite fun. So it does what it says in tin. Oh yeah, it also has movie of Garapolis from The 100. Right. Um, if you remember Octavia Blake for oh, yes. The 100 fans. Yes. Yes, you just see these guys obviously go one-on-one to try and take down this King of Killers, who um, Frank Goodall plays that role. Good action. The fight choreography is really good. Does lots of different sorts of locales and things like this. Fights on stairs and things like that. Um, lots of gunplay, that sort of thing. You know, a fun Saturday night, stay at home and make some popcorn sort of thing. <laughs> I was just looking it up. It's got Stephen Dorff in it as well. Uh, yeah, I have seen a couple of scenes in it. He plays Alan's sort of minder, I guess. Right. Or handler, probably the best one. Um, also, Shannon Cook is in it, who you would have seen because he was in the the latest season of Reacher. Right, yes. And also he was on the 100 in its latest seasons as well. Right, okay. Interesting that because Elaine and Marie were both in Jiu-Jitsu together mm-hmm. and then Marie and Shannon were obviously both in the 100 together so that's all yeah. fun games. So yeah. yeah. Yes, Cle- clearly sort of people that know each other that <laughs> come yes. together to make a movie. Yeah, yeah, I believe this was filmed in uh, Manitoba. Right. And as you can see it's uh, over the course of two weeks and you can see it's a uh, indoor shoot apparently it's very cool I did some researching and also the King of Killers is sort of the creator behind it is trying to make it a bit of a franchise they have a TV series I know they've been working on but I can't get any new stories on when it will be released and I know there's also a video game based as well so okay. try, I guess they're trying to launch a ready-made franchise out into the world yes. with King of Killers being in the beginning Yes, you will find out obviously it does lead to other things at the end right okay it's an interesting one because it's Rotten Tomato score is not great it's it's fair to say forget Rotten Tomatoes but you know sometimes they they take against these sort of things when Mm -hmm. they're just silly fun like I think of this way I wouldn't go to The Guardian to read a review of a Bruce Lee film let's put it that way you know what you're going in for it's a nice action film is the action good does it look believable yeah Uh, Yeah. so I think is the plot a little off a little weird are there a few bits of acting which have interesting choices sure but you're not there for that you're there to see people kick other people in the face (laughs) So. It's apparently based on a comic book, uh, Kevin Grievous. <laughs> yeah, so the... I believe it's a great, it started as a graphic novel and now they're moving on with all these other things. Yeah, interesting. Well, good luck to them. Why not? I mean, yeah. you know, it sounds like it's a fun thing. If you like your action movies, why not? Yeah, an impressive cast anyway. So. Yeah. Right, next, I watched Avatar The Last Airbender. Good, yes. I will start with this by saying I've only managed to get one episode because it was a busy weekend. Okay. But, wow, it's a weird thing. When you type it up, Avatar, obviously, you get quite a few different listings. And that was how I realized that it was 16 years ago that show came out. And I decided, oh, okay, that's quite some time. Yeah. I didn't watch it at the time. I watched it a little bit later, but not that much later. The first episode is amazing. The scope, the money, it's all there. The casting is refreshing. I can see there's a massive amount of discourse about Avatar, the various issues around it. Obviously, because the um, creators have left halfway through, and obviously, some issues that have been raised about characterization and things like that. Mm-hmm. But just as at the beginning, and uh, this is a person who definitely loved the show, although I was more of a core fan myself. It has a lot of what made Avatar great in it still. Good. I mean, I have all of it, but it definitely has some of it. And there's definitely some like tear-jerking moments where you just realize, oh, and you can just see scenes. You go, I remember that scene. I remember this. I remember that line sort of thing. Right. So yeah, it's definitely lovingly made. Good. And I think that's all you can ask for. Maybe ask me again when I get all the way to the end. But I don't think I would change my decision that much. Yeah. I haven't actually started it yet. I've been watching other things, but it is one that I do want to go and check out. The reviews, I think, have been a little bit 
mixed from some of the aforementioned guardians and places like that but yeah. yes in both ways yeah people so, who lo- people who love it people who think it's you know a betrayal of the original thing it's yeah it depends like a lot of things it does depend how close you are to the source because mm-hmm. i know obviously if it's especially with book adaptions i know i've seen things and i've lost my mind and other people have loved it so it is i guess it does depend how close you are to the source yeah. and i think advertise a very important show for a lot of people yeah so they're very protective of it yeah and I understand that I hope they've made a decent version of it but uh, by the size of it you enjoyed it which is good I think it's definitely decent there's no way it goes below that I think the things that people nitpick about is some aspects of how what's happened to characters and how they've sort of changed and tweaked characters to make them perhaps more palatable right yeah there are things that you can get away with in animation that you possibly can't get away with and also you know like you say get away with 15 years ago that you maybe can't get away with now so Mm. there are going to be tweaks to it if they need to do that just to make it work in live action and to bring it slightly more up to date but to say i've not looked at it yet and i don't know the source material at all so i would be judging it well, i think i think you'd have a lot of fun with this yeah i would be judging it purely on that i've not even seen the other movie adaptation which i know is universally panned <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah, yeah nothing to see there what yeah. movie adaption you don't know what you talked about <laughs> yes that's from the reaction from everybody that knows the material was like nope never happened so yeah i'm quite interested in taking a look at this so um, I will I will go and uh, see what it's like I'm glad that somebody who does know the material has said that, that you know you enjoyed it so that's good okay from the Avatar with it one of the few times that Netflix actually opened their wallets and get a marketing budget out which is nice to see we go to I Woke Up a Vampire which <laughs> is a kids fantasy show that launched a while ago it's not much sort of a fair but it's just been sitting around on Netflix choking along nicely so to give a little synopsis on her 13th birthday Kami discovered that she's actually half human half vampire and that mythical powers make school way more complicated <laughs> So the first question that, you know, as an investigator type for it, how would you not realize you're half vampire? Because you might think, you know, obviously you might see any parents, but Kami mm-hmm. is adopted and she's adopted at the age of six months. So she has no real connections to her birth parents. Right. Firstly, it's pretty fun. It's just a fun, clear story that chugs along at a decent rate. I had a lot of fun watching it. The idea is is that this is a world where you have what we call mythics and blended mythics are fantasy monsters, mm-hmm. so your cyclops and all those sorts of things, and blended are the children of monsters and humans, which obviously can pass as humans for the most part. And we have a young teenage monster hunter who's going around capturing them. Right. And I only found this out because I looked at the credits on IMDb, but he's a health I guess makes sense. Ah, right. But it's a little weird to see a 13-year-old running around the city fighting things with seemingly no backup. I'm sure that will get explained. But yeah, it's fun. It's another Canadian-made show. I believe that's, this one was shot in Toronto. Don't have any idea whether it's been renewed or not yet, but it's a pretty fun little show. Yeah, apparently it airs on the Family Channel in Canada, so it's it looks like it's, yeah, it's, looks like a joint, ne- yeah. it's either a joint or, or Netflix just have the international rights for it, so I don't know whether it'll be up to them, whether it get renewed, which is not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. we'll see whether we get yeah. any more of it. But yeah, that's kind of a cute series. It's definitely that's for cool. fans of fantasy kids shows. It has a little bit of My Baby is a Vampire in it as well. It has that sort of <laughs> really fun show. Cool. So that is that. Next one. 
I Watch Bottoms, which is a film. I'm just going to clip that. <laughs> yep, that's I great. Watch Fantastic. Which is an American teen comedy, which is now available on Prime Video. Two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire case of the film. It stars Rachel Snott, so up and comer. She was in I Used to Be Funny, which is an indie film. I did a review and interviewed one of her co-stars. Right. And Ayo Edebiri, which you've probably heard of, probably worth known for The Bear, so definitely yes. on the rise. As the little thing says, that's exactly what it is. These two self-proclaimed losers. Somehow, through the course of returning after summer, a rumor starts that they were in juvie. And so they <laughs> sort of use that street cred to start a fight club. There's a little law thing in there that there is a big football game coming up. The first time in like 20 years. And in the run-up to that football game, the other team has been known to attack students and stuff. So it's about staying safe. So the the idea is it's supposed to be a self-defense thing. It's very inspired by sort of your 2000 teen comedies. Not particularly gross out, but there is a lot of fighting in there. So a lot of punching people in the face, a lot of the effects of punching people in the face. So blood flying everywhere and people definitely get beaten up and broken noses and black eyes and things. I've seen it described as a satire. I don't know if I would definitely call it that, but it is a not all realistic sort of really heightened reality thing that goes on. There's one thing where they sit down for a class and the class literally does last two minutes for them and they do do sort of is that it it's crossover (laughs) and they go on and they sort of go on about their business the jock quarterback who's obviously definitely one of the bad guys is just so over the top it's ridiculous (laughs) dumber than anyone could possibly be in in high school I can remember I did spend an hour afterwards thinking what have I just watched (laughs) what have I just watched but it is fun I would definitely recommend it it's definitely a comedy that definitely takes some risks and definitely isn't just a cookie cutter comedy that we've sort of had for a while now. So yeah, definitely worth checking out, especially as you can just watch it on Amazon because I know you have Prime. Yes. And in terms of other things in there, was Kaya Gerber is in there and also Michelle Lynch, who's a former NFL star, I believe. He has a big role in it, actually. Quite a lot of scenes and I think he does well. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting cast. Uh, Rachel Senot actually was co-writer of it as well, yeah, uh, apparently, with the director. It's got Ruby Cruz, in there who was in Castle Rock and Willow wasn't she uh, yes and Willow as well this is an interesting sort of cast. yeah it's, it's definitely wacky with a capital W definitely yes so. uh, Kyra Gerber the name didn't jump out at me but uh, daughter of no. Cindy Crawford yes what's your see here you go oh uh, yeah <laughs> I don't, that's who that is yes it's an interesting sort of collection of there's a number of people that aren't sort of necessarily actors as sort of models and dancers and like you say mm-hmm. Marshall Lynch is a sort of ex-NFL player and yeah so, so yes, it's an interesting sort of collection of people that they've got together for it. But yeah, so it's called Bottoms. It's on Prime Video if you want to go and check that one out. Yeah, that's all for me. Yeah, for me, I started watching The Bad Batch, which is back for its third season, third and final season, which got off to a really good start. There's three episodes they dropped at once of that. They're doing an interesting job with that of trying to sort of dovetail it into 
the Rise of Skywalker pretty much okay. because a lot of it, obviously, Bad Batch is about the clones and what happens to the clones post sort of the introduction of Stormtroopers and that sort of changeover, but also about the cloning technology, which of course comes to the fore in the Rise of Skywalker movie. So it's quite interesting, those animated series. They've done a really good job, you know, that with Clone Wars and Rebels and this of plugging gaps within the sort of Star Wars history. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. It, it's only something that they've touched a little bit in the some of the live action TV shows like Andor and Mandalorian. It's interesting what they're doing with the animated series and tying that into the sort of cloning tech and that sort of stuff. I think they're off to a really strong start. I'm going to be very interested to see how they end this because I thought they did a wonderful job, particularly with Rebels and Clone Wars previously. Very interested to see what Dave Filoni does as his next show after this for in the animated space. I mean, I know he's also got the hat of basically being the creative head of Lucasfilm as well at this Indeed. point. He is essentially the sort of protege to George Lucas. They have actually put him in charge of the creative direction of Star Wars. But I'm really interested to see what he does next in terms of sort of his own projects, whether he's going to be doing more animated series moving forward. So uh, yeah, I think they've done a wonderful job with the opening three episodes of that. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it ends. One of the other things I picked up this week was Breathtaking, which is a three-part series which is on ITV. You can go and watch it all on ITVX and uh, it's been going out on, I think it actually went out over three nights on ITV1 as well. It's set in a city hospital in London. It's based off a book by somebody called Rachel Clark, who was a doctor and it was about her experiences of working in the NHS during COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's co-written by Jeb Mercurio, who of course you'll know from those massive shows like Line of Duty and Bodyguard, who, interestingly, is also an ex-Doctor as well. He was involved in it. And Prasanna Pranajar as well, who is another ex-Doctor as well. So uh, it is written by people that clearly know what they're talking about. But yeah, based off the memoir of, of Rachel Clark, who is co-writing it about her work during the pandemic, it is brutal to watch. I mean, mm -hmm. and it will make you angry and it will make you sad. And it's brilliant, though. I mean, it is a really wonderfully put together drama. It's just really heart wrenching to watch. It really is. The decisions that they were having to make, they've intercut scenes with clips of the COVID press conferences and the sort of missteps that happened during that. It stars Joanne Froggart, who plays Abby Henderson who is the sort of lead character that you're following. But they touch on everything from the opening episode, which is sort of the arrival of the pandemic sort of mm -hmm. to the first lockdown. They then, them in the midst of it, and then the whole sort of eat out to help out and allowing people to mingle at Christmas and the effect that that had. It's just eye-opening to see it actually laid out in that particular way. And a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff that was going on at the time about, you know, people saying hostile were empty and they were making it all up and all this rubbish. It's just very, very well put together. And as I say, it is quite a brutal watch. Don't expect to kind of come out of it thinking 
you're going to have like a good time, particularly going in and watching it, which is a weird thing to say, but you should watch it. It is really an astonishing piece of work. And Jeb McCurio is a great writer, but I mean, clearly the others are as well. I wasn't sure whether I was going to watch it when it first came out because I, I knew it would probably be quite a tough watch. But I mean, it, it really is incredibly interesting and just heartbreaking to sort of see what they were going through and what happened. I mean, there was a stat that they throw up right at the very end which says 60,000 NHS professionals have come forward with various forms of PTSD following the pandemic, which is an incredible number from losing colleagues just to the entire experience of what they were having to do whilst they were working in hospitals through it. It's traumatic, almost like being in a a war zone, essentially. I mean, it's just an astounding piece of work. Even though it is an incredibly difficult watch, I would urge people to go and check out Breathtaking on IT. VX. But I mean, you correct in thinking you work around the NHS, don't you? Yeah, I work for the NHS. So yeah, that's not something I'd be watching because going through it was more than fun enough. (laughs) Yes, I kind of thought that might be your uh, reaction to it. It's an astounding piece of work and I would urge you to go and check it out, although be prepared because it is quite brutal. On to another interesting thing that popped up this week, Billy the Kid, which randomly out of nowhere popped up on Prime Video last week. Somebody came on the website and went, "Um, this has popped up. It seemed to just come completely out of nowhere because it's an MGM Plus series um, in America. It's from Michael Hurst, who is the person that did the Vikings series and Tudors as well. So, you know, has some experience of sort of creating these worlds based on historical fact. He does monkey around with the facts a little bit. I mean, as you would expect for these sorts of things. And there are a number of things that are known about the life of Billy the Kid. You know, we know such as his real name, which was Henry McCarty. We know about his family as well. And obviously we know how he was caught and how he was killed and the age that he was and all that sort of stuff. But you start off as it goes through some of his young life when he grew up in New York. And then because of the fact that there was no work, they ended up moving out West. And that's when he starts to become the Billy the Kid that is the known outlaw. Um, I'm about three or four episodes into the first season at the moment. The whole of the first season and half of the second season are up because the second half of the second season hasn't gone out in the US yet. You can go and watch it all on Prime Video. It is really quite good. I think if you liked things like Vikings and you like those sort of historical dramas, you're probably going to like this. It's got a very similar style to it. The writing is very similar in terms of, as I say, he plays a little bit around with the history. Like, you actually look up the real age of Billy the Kid when some of these things have happened, and he's supposed to be about... 14, 15, and clearly the guy that he's playing in his 20s. But, you know, I think, fair enough. You're going to tweak and mess around with that sort of stuff. I understand the artistic license of doing that. One half season's up at the moment. There is another half of season coming later on this year. Whether it goes on after that, we'll have to wait and see. Tom Blythe is the person that's playing the lead as Billy the Kid. He's in the uh, Hunger Games Ballad of Sunburn and Snakes is one of the other things he's been in. Uh, Benediction he was in as well. I think he popped up in the Golden Age as well. You've got Prime Video account. You can go and look for it on there. It doesn't sort of, you know, what Prime Video is like for kind of recommending stuff. Yeah, trying Mm -hmm. to find something. It's not easy. But if you actually go and do a search for Billy the Kid, it 
will come up. So you can go and find that on there. And the other thing I watched the first episode of was The Way, which is this odd little Michael Sheen directed drama, which sort of takes the idea of immigration and kind of flips it on its head. It's written by James Graham, Michael Sheen and Adam Curtis. James Graham being the guy that was behind things like Sherwood, the BBC series. Uh, He wrote some episodes of The Crown as well. He did Brexit, the Uncivil War as well. So he's done a number of um, things, but he's he's co-writer and co-creator of The Way with Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen's directorial debut for TV. The setup for it is it's set in uh, Port Talbot, where Michael is from. A steel worker self-immolates himself after his son dies in an industrial accident at Port Talbot still works that starts to create unrest and as there is a foreign owner of the steelworks and there is rumors flying around that they're going to close things down the unions get involved and start to stir things up and the town basically socially explodes there's a lot of calling back to the 1986 miners strike and people sort Mm -hmm. of having memories of that sort of stuff and it ends up with the family having to flee and essentially become sort of immigrants fleeing the town that they love. It's a sort of interesting start and an interesting premise. I quite enjoyed the opening episode of it. It is actually all on iPlayer, so you can go and binge your way through it. I will go and watch some more of it as well because I've been watching quite a lot of different things. I've been trying to sort of space stuff out, so rather than just going to binge through the whole thing, I decided that I was going to try and watch this one weekly instead. Good opening start, I thought, for that. I don't know whether you've caught that. I haven't, no. Obviously, I heard some interviews around breathtaking, so I, they had the um, writers on, and I can remember listening to that. And it's like, but yeah, I haven't heard of The Way before, so I was interested to see what it was mm-hmm. all about. Breathtaking, you can go and find on ITVX the way you can find on iPlayer. So uh, it's worth going to check that one out. And Billy the Kid, like I said, you find that on uh, Prime Video and Bad Batch, of course, is on Disney Plus if you want to go check that out. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's go on to some TV and film news. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. I don't think there actually are any cancellations this week, which is uh, good news as uh, things mm-hmm. have survived a week. Oh, mm-hmm. they're saving the them all up. Yes, yeah, hit the positive, definitely. We are getting towards the bloodbath season, of course. Uh, we're still a couple of months off that. But yeah. um, just to have some dates for your diaries, by the way, if you want to know when that is all likely to happen, uh, bloodbath, of course, what we refer to bloodbath is the TV bloodbath when the networks in the US new and cancel all their shows it looks like upfronts week which is when the networks present to the advertisers and go here are all on new shows that we want you to advertise on 13th of may looks to be the start of upfronts week which means that everything 
pretty much should be cancelled or renewed by around the 10th of May because that's the Friday beforehand. The last couple of years, because of the way things have been with TV, mm. things have been a little bit more spread out. And because yeah. of the strikes, you may find that is the case again this year. But generally speaking, a lot of stuff will probably have been cancelled or renewed by the 10th of May. So that's the sort of deadline day, really, for most of this kind of stuff. In terms of renewals, we have got some in already. In the UK, all creatures great and small renewed for seasons five and six plus Christmas specials on Channel 5. So uh, that seems to be working quite well for them, that show. I remember when they launched it and I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. They're making a, a new version of all creatures great and small. But yeah, it seems to have gone down incredibly well for them, which is great because they mm. don't do that many scripted dramas over there. Yeah. Blue Lights, which is the Irish police drama that has been renewed for season three and four by the BBC. So that's that's another one with a dual renewal, which is great. True Detectives been renewed for season five by HBO with the same person that did season four at the helm. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of back and forth on that because um, it was it Nick Piazzo, the guy that originally created Two Detective, was oh, throwing yeah. a lot mm, of shade. Yes. Yeah, I heard about a little bit about that. I haven't seen True Detective. I feel like I might sit down and try to watch it on stage. But yeah, I did hear about that, and that's a bad look. Yes, it is a bad look because it just it just comes yeah. off very bitter. If you're at home now writing a screenplay, don't do that. Yeah, don't go out and badmouth your own show. Well, just not good luck. Well, that, that's that, that's the thing. You see, I mean, the problem was Nick was involved in I think the first, first three two? first two Probably. seasons, and the first season was great. The second and third seasons were really not good. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the fourth season that they came back with, with an entirely new team behind it. And it just comes off as very bitter that mm. they've kind of gone on without him, which I understand it is something that you kind of created. But at the end of the day, it's an anthology series. So they're not characters you've created. It's, it's sort of a format, but I mean, it, it, they're so drastically different from one season to another. They're using the name and obviously it's mm-hmm. a police drama, but that's sort of where the similarity end really so um, it's going to be back for a fifth season there the fourth season has gone down incredibly well so that's good Frasier over on Paramount Plus has been renewed for well, what they're referring to as the second season but it's 13th 14th technically in the whole run but Frasier will be back for a new season so that is good news if you enjoyed that they did a pretty decent job with reviving that Kelsey Grammer series particularly as it had no of the cast from the original show basically apart from Kelsey Grammer but uh, they did a pretty good setup for it and uh, it seems to have worked quite well. It was quite entertaining. So that's been renewed for another season. The Money High spin-off Berlin has been renewed for a second season by Netflix. So uh, they've making more of that. And Criminal Record, which we've talked about a few times, that's uh, Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo, police drama that's on Apple TV+. Kush Jumbo at the weekend, hopefully she doesn't get in trouble for this because she was on a uh, chat show at the weekend and the host said, uh, do you know anything more about season two? And she went, oh, it's happening. And Apple haven't announced it yet. So <laughs> so hopefully she's not going to get like a phone call from Apple about that. But uh, she says, yeah, season two is in development. It is coming. So yes, as far as we're aware, although it's not officially renewed, Kush Jumbo does say that there is a season two of uh, Criminal Record coming as well, which is great because the first season of that was really, really good. Um, the premise for that is uh, sort of Peter Capaldi is an older, slightly shady cop 
and she is playing a younger, more sort of by the book cop. And this cold case happens and draws them into conflict with each other, essentially. Mm. But uh, it, it's really, really good. It's very well written and well put together. But uh, whole first season is now out on Apple TV if you want to go and catch the criminal record. But it looks like it is going to be coming back for a second season as well. Okay. On pickups and other news, just wanted to, to correction from last week. We mentioned Orphan Black because all five seasons of Orphan Black were supposed to be dropping on ATVX and then didn't appear. It seems like they're supposed to have the rights to them, but whether they just put it in the wrong place, they were originally on the listings. At some point, they got removed. Don't know exactly when. So uh, hopefully they will pop back up again at some point because they had said that they got those five seasons because they had got Orphan Black Echoes, which is the uh, spin-off series that is supposed to be coming to ITVX. Presumably those original show will pop up at some point, but um, apparently not yet. So uh, sorry about that, but uh, they removed it without saying anything from the listing. So it wasn't until we got to the date and somebody came on and went, uh, it's not there. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, hopefully we'll be on ITVX at some point, so you can all go and check that out because it is a great, great show that... Did you watch Orphan Black? Uh, no, I tried the pilot. It just didn't pull me in. So I sort of... I can remember when it, when it came out and all the hype around but yeah, I just tried the part, didn't fit for me. You should go back and try it again because it, it's one of those shows, get a few episodes into it and it will really hook you. It is very, very cleverly put together and uh, Tatiana's Miss Laney is an incredible performance in that. We've got air dates for Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, the last season of Station 19 as well. So season 20, Grey's Anatomy, season 7 of Station 19. That's coming Thursday, the 28th of March onto Disney Plus UK. Don't follow either of those. I know there's a lot of people trying to save Station 19. There's a bit yes, of a campaign. I can see that. I yes. there's, there's been a crossover with the Motherland Fort Salem people and I see <laughs> that they've dropped combined their campaigns and really? I see it on my timeline. Yeah. Um, like I can see the posters and things that they really want those to be turning. There's a, a lot of talk about, oh, they cancelled it for no reason. And the problem with Station 19, I think, is its numbers were okay. I think that's fair enough. But it is owned by Shondaland, which is an outside studio, not directly by ABC. Yeah. And they've now got 911 on ABC, which is another firefighter drama. Mm-hmm. So I rather suspect that they looked at the two of them, went, well, we don't need both of them, and we own that one, So because they completely yeah. own 911. So I suspect that's probably the reason why it ended up getting canned after seven seasons. Plus, the other thing is, once you get to seven seasons, all the cash negotiations happen. So an eighth season would be a lot more expensive than a seventh. At the end of the day, it's money, because cancellations are always about money, pretty much, unless it's just awful. And, uh, you know, but at this point in the game, when you're seven seasons in, it's not because of the quality of the show. It's because it's either not getting the ratings it once had or it's about to become too expensive to make. And in this case, I think it's just, it's expensive because of various factors, including them not having full ownership of it and the fact that the cast are about to probably have to renegotiate their contracts. So 
it's cheaper to cancel it and they've got another firefighter drama in the wings. So that's just the situation, unfortunately. So I would love it if fans can get it back on air, but I suspect it's unlikely. Both of those landing 28th of March on Disney Plus UK. The Boys has a premiere date for its fourth season. That will be back on the 13th of June on Prime Video. That's something definitely to look forward to. I've been really enjoying that series. And I thought Gen V was really good as yep, well. Loved it. Yeah. I really loved it. Possibly slightly better than the actual main show, that one, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't that much of a fan the last season of The Boys. I do wonder, because they've not officially said this is the final season, but there are certainly plot points. I mean, it says in the month for season four that Butcher is on his last legs, basically. Okay. So, well, there's a lot of things that they have already put up the notices required to film season five. Okay. So they've already put the schedule in to like hold the roads and all that sort of thing. So even though, yeah, we haven't heard anything about season five, it looks more than likely. Okay. Which is interesting given that, yeah, they have said that he only has months to live. Yeah. That's in the um, little synopsis thing that you get on trailer. Yeah, and I, I can't see them continuing without him, so presumably they find a cure of some description, I would assume, throughout this, because I suspect they're not going to carry on the show without Butcher in it, but who knows? Mm, that would be interesting. Yeah. So there was a couple of things about streaming services as well. There were rumours floating around because of an article that went out about Amazon closing Freebie, their free ad-supported streaming service. Amazon came out pretty quick and said, no, that's complete rubbish. We're not closing Freebie. So uh, if you saw articles about Freebie shutting down, apparently, according to Amazon, that isn't true. The reason, of course, this has come out is because of the fact that they've added ads to Prime Video. Mm. So if you get the standard Prime Video, you get ads on it now. You can pay, I think it's $2.99 a month more to, to remove the ads if you like. Are you running with ads on Prime Video at the moment? Yeah, I haven't changed my subscription. I, I, I did because I can't stand watching things with ads. Um, so I, <laughs> I pretty much did it immediately. How is it? How are the ads? Are they particularly invasive? Or I have, think it's happens because the only thing I watched on Prime recently was Bottoms and obviously that just, just played the film. There was no ads there, just a normal ad to get at the beginning. Right, so okay. the same sort of thing, but I haven't watched the TV show format to see how much ads is there. Yeah, whether they're wedging them into TV shows or not, I yeah. don't know. So... But then uh, things coming around soon so I'm sure I've figured out Return of Invincible. So I'm sure that will be a test to yes. see how much ads pop up during that. Yeah, because that's one thing. I mean, it depends how much they're putting it in. And I don't know because I haven't seen it. Because like I say, I immediately turn them off. I mean, Freebie, of course, is completely free and ad supported. So you don't need a Prime Video subscription. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to keep it around. I mean, what I suspect and what we are seeing is they are moving some stuff off freebie such as leverage redemption the next season of that is going to be moved on to prime instead so they've moved that over the bosch spin-offs i think have been moved across as well okay yeah yeah they are moving some of the scripted shows off freebie and onto prime instead but it sort of makes sense to leave a lot of the back catalog stuff up for free on freebie um Mm. and the odd original show up on there and things like Neighbours of course I think not sticking that behind a 
paywall is probably quite sensible. I think there is still a place for it right now. So we'll see moving forward. I mean, they may change their minds on it, but at the moment they are saying that the rumours about it closing are not true. The other thing is Warner Brothers Discovery seem to have confirmed that they plan to launch Max in the UK when the Sky deal, because Sky have a deal for the HBO shows, not the Max shows, but the HBO shows, which runs out next year with them talk of launching in 2026. So I think it runs out towards the end of next year, which is why they're talking about launching in 2026 for Max. They're sort of still slightly talking around it and haven't entirely confirmed what it will be. But as we mentioned last week, the Sherlock and Daughter thing that is on the CW in the US that's mm-hmm. got picked up for there. That is going to be running on Discovery Plus in the UK. And it sounds like the plan will be to morph Discovery Plus into Max in the UK. So they won't run two separate services. They'll just turn that into the Max service and bundle everything together. Whether Sky then does a deal like they've got with Paramount Plus, where it gets included as part of the Sky package, or whether they just run the app and allow you to buy a Max subscription like they do in Netflix, or whether it's completely separate. I mean, I rather suspect that Sky will be angling to do some sort of deal. If it can't run it on its own Sky Atlantic network, they're going to want some sort of deal to be able to carry those shows still, even if it's via the Max app, whether it's some sort of subscription deal and it's included or whether it's something you pay more for. We'll have to wait and see on that. But it sounds like that they are going to launch Max in the UK at some point over the next couple of years. But that's where we are with that. We're sort of at a point with too many streaming services once again, but you know. Yep, yep indeed. Because Max isn't particularly cheap either. But you know, they've got the HBO content and Mm. if it allows them to have somewhere where they can dump all the new DC stuff, that as far as I'm concerned is no bad thing. I would like to be able to have all that in one place. It also would include Adult Swim stuff as well. So presumably that when the deal with Channel 4 runs its course because Channel 4 has a deal for that at the moment. So there are a couple of things which need to be figured out before they can actually launch it. But yes, 2026 is apparently is what they're aiming for at the moment with that. On to some other news. The BBC have announced 12 new dramas last week that there were a whole host of different things that they announced for that we're not going to go through all 12 because we'd be here all day but there was a couple of interesting little ones that i picked out one of them is called dear england which is from james graham who mentioned earlier part of the writing team for the way wrote sherlock and the way and quiz and a bunch of other things and it is based around gareth southgate and the england football team and it's based on a play that James Graham wrote, which has been kind of smashing it out of the park in the National Theatre. Joseph Fiennes is set to play Southgate, apparently, in it. And uh, Rupert Gould, who directed The Hollow Crown, and he's also directed Dear England on stage, is going to direct the series. So it's basically the people that were involved in the stage play are doing the adaptation for TV. I wasn't even aware this play existed, but uh, yeah, it's it's about sort of Gareth Southgate and the football team and sort of why England's are their own worst enemy really when it comes to sort of football and that sort of stuff but uh, yeah it looks like it could be quite interesting and Joseph Fiennes will be playing
playing Southgate for it. So that's one of them. There is one called The Split Up, which is a spin-off from The Split, and a six-part series featuring the high-stakes world of Manchester's divorce law circuit, where one family of lawyers, uh, Kishtons, reigns supreme. So it's about this uh, this particular family, the divorce courts. It's got a tie-in to The Split, which was uh, Stephen Mangan, I think, was in that series. It's set in the same world, essentially, of that. The one that really stood out for me, though, because it sounded kind of interesting and somewhat different, is called The Ministry of Time, which is a new drama based on Kaylin Bradley's hotly anticipated debut novel of the same name, adapted by Alice Birch, who was the person behind Normal People and Dead Ringers. Ministry of Time, a newly established government department gathering expats from across history and an experiment to test the viability of time travel. So Commander Graham Gore, an officer on John Franklin's doomed 1845 Arctic mission, is one such figure rescued from certain death, alongside an army captain from the fields of the Somme, a play victim from the 1600s, a widow from revolutionary France, and a soldier from 17th century. Expats are placed with 21st century liaisons known as bridges in unlikely flat chairs. Gore has to learn about contemporary life from scratch, from air travel to industrial warfare, from feminism to Spotify, from cinema to indoor plumbing, and he must negotiate cohabitation with the ambitious modern woman who works as his bridge. After an awkward beginning, the pair start to find pleasure and comfort in each other's company, developing a relationship that is simultaneously tender, intense, and profoundly unprofessional. And the expats adrift in their new era form friendships that ground and support them in the lonely 21st century where they have outlived everyone they ever knew and loved. When a deeper conspiracy at the ministry begins to reveal itself, the bridge must reckon with what she does next. Will she save or sacrifice the exiled misfit she has come to care for deeply? It just sounds really quite interesting, that one. Just to say, the novels are out yet, so don't know any more about it than that. But um, Alex Birch is a good writer. No casting for it yet. It sounds sort of comedy drama I think, that one. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, it does sound comedy drama it's, it's interesting that they, it is from a novel that hasn't debuted yet. That's reasonably rare. <laughs> but I see, I see it happens every now and then. It does sound like an interesting story. I'm just wondering if it's only going to concentrate on that one group or that one person. If it's got to be about Gore or if we're going to see about the rest of them that I mentioned, the um, some officer, the plague victim and the widow. Because they only talk about those two in quite a lot of detail. So I'm yes. just wondering. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Presumably there is going to be some connection with the others. Seems that, I mean, they do sort of mention those people. So, I mean, I yes, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how they sort of focus it. It sounds very intriguing, that one, I think. There are a few other things as well. I mean, there were 12 dramas there now. So there is a post up on the website. You can go and sort of check that out if you want to know a little bit more. Uh, there are sort of more comedy dramas and more sort of straight crime dramas and, and various other things as well. So uh, you can go and check those out there. Over on Sky, they've ordered a limited series based on Amadeus from uh, our old friend Joe Barton and uh, starring Will Sharp as well. So uh, Joe Barton, of course, the person behind Lazarus Project interviewing him a couple of times about that and Gil Hajai as well. And a lot of the people involved in this are the people that we 
behind Girl Hajai as well. Will Sharp was in White Lotus Season 2. He was also in Girl Hajai. So it reteams them together. The director of it is also the director of Girl Hajai as well. So um, Amadeus, if you're of a certain age, you'd probably be aware of the film, but it was also a, a, a stage play as well. And this is a new adaptation of that stage play, uh, follows Wolfgang and Adeus Mozart, expands and interrogates the mythic rivalry between him and Salieri. That's basically the setup of the film and taking a sort of fresh look at that and we'll expand it out and that sort of stuff. But uh, Joe Barton's an amazing writer. I mean, really wonderful guy and great, great writer. So uh, I think that's quite good. Will Sharp, I think he's a good actor, good source material that they're working from yeah i think this could be kind of interesting i thought the film was superb i don't know do you ever see the movie no i haven't Yes, it was around, I mean, it was sort of, I don't know if it was Oscar winning, but certainly very much Oscar nominated. I mean, it was 1984 when the film came out. So yes, you know, it's been a while back. But F. Murray Abraham in there, Simon Callow, I think, was one of the characters in there. Uh, Tom Hulse was Mozart and uh, F. Murray Abraham was Salieri in that. So interesting to see who else they'll cast in this. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's quite a good one for Sky Picked Up. It's obviously a limited series because it's based off a of play. We'll see where that goes but that's from say joe barton and will sharp starring and another bit of casting news we mentioned last week about the suits la pilot which is shooting up in vancouver because it's cheaper they have now found somebody to star alongside Stephen amell who is taking the lead role and it's going to be walking dead's josh mcdermott is uh taking the other sort of key role in it which is an interesting choice i thought for this suits la if you didn't hear last week He's centred on Ted Black, played by Stephen Amell, who is a former federal prosecutor from New York who has reinvented himself representing the most powerful clients in Los Angeles. His firm is at crisis point and to survive, he must embrace a role that he's held in contempt for his entire career. Ted is a charismatic force of nature who puts his own needs above others. McDermott is playing Stuart Lane, who is an old buddy of Black's who 15 years ago joined forces with the former New York prosecutor to build an LA law firm that specialises in criminal and entertainment law. Lane is energetic, powerful, focused, and self-absorbed. They're surrounded by a stellar group of characters who test their loyalties to both Ted and each other whilst they can't help but mix personal and professional lives. All of this is going on whilst events from years ago slowly unravel, leading Ted to leave behind everything and everyone he ever loved. As I mentioned before, the setup for Suits LA is pretty much in the sort of vein of NCIS in that it's a spin-off show without any of the original characters in it it's taking the same idea of moving it to a different city so in this particular case what they're doing is Ted Black is somebody that's got a slightly shady past that we don't exactly know about there was obviously a reason he left New York and came to LA and that reason is starting to catch up with him which is sort of the setup for the original suits in sort of Mike trying to escape his past I thought Josh McDermott who played Eugene on um, Walking Dead if you're trying to place which character that is. It's an interesting mm. sort of pick because you had two very, very good-looking guys in the lead roles in Suits, and you've then got Stephen Amell as the sort of lead guy in this. Josh McDermott... David, in a way, tried to start beef with Josh McDermott. <laughs> Josh McDermott, he did not, not, I mean, not a bad-looking lad. New York, but, oh my God, him uh, just punching uh, in the 
face and you're wondering why. Not a bad looking lad, but I was expecting, you know, another sort of, you know, beefcakey sort of actor mm-hmm. that they were going to pick for the secondary role. And uh, I like Josh McDermott a lot. And yeah, bless him, he's not that. He also has lost the mullet. And I mean, he scrubs up very, very well. If you see more recent pictures of him, he, he looks a lot better than he did as Eugene, which, you know, I mean, he was in the middle of an apocalypse. Then, so, you know, that's fair enough. But that was, wasn't who I, I thought they would go for for this kind of other role. But it sounds like he's maybe slightly filling that sort of Lewis lit role slightly as well in this. It um, could be. I think this sounds like it's going to be a really interesting show. It is a pilot at the moment. It's for NBC. Mm-hmm. It is entirely possible they won't pick it up, but there's been quite a lot of buzz around it. So I really hope they manage to nail it. As I said, it's shooting up in Vancouver next month, I think is the plan. It may then move back to LA. It depends on you know whether that's going to be feasible or not, or it may just shoot the whole thing in Vancouver instead, because it's generally cheaper to shoot up there, but it uh, depends mm. if they get tax credits for LA and stuff but I quite like the sound of this obviously I know the creator Brian Suits is involved in this as well Mm -hmm. and they were obviously very much buoyed by the success of Suits coming to Netflix I just don't see it here Suits had a very interesting hook in that people tend not to have a good image of lawyers and so the idea of this kid Mike who isn't a lawyer and is pretending to be one and is you know, getting one over on like this entire massive law firm just through his eidetic memory. That was the interesting hook. And then obviously the drama as he's almost like a spy as he gets involved with people there. That's the interesting hook. Mm-hmm. I don't think, oh, this guy was a prosecutor and now he's representing criminals. That's been done quite a lot. I struggle to see how you will spin that off into something that's going to hold people's... Yeah. Like we've had a lot of law stuff. I mean, we talk about things like The Good Fight and The Good Wife. There's a lot of like interesting law drama out there since Suits. So I, I yeah, so I wonder about if this is gonna launch the same way that um, thing is because I can look at suits, especially like the first few seasons. You can see that's just solid. You see what the hook is, and it makes sense, and you want to find out more. I read that thing. I'm not sure what I necessarily want to see more about that. Yeah, I think that is a, a fair point. I, I think a lot of this, you know, obviously is going to come down to the exact angle they're taking with the writing Mm. and I think Josh given what they're saying about their role I think he's quite a good addition I think Stephen Amell's got the charisma to be able to pull off the lead as Ted I am quite intrigued by it I also think there's an interesting sort of possibility for cameos in this as well I mean not only from the original cast because Mm -hmm. there is that connection back to New York so you could have some of the original cast show up and I mean they at the moment in the pilot there aren't any of the original cast cast in it but it's quite possible it's one of those things that you know if you get to a second season you could maybe bring in some of the original cast that maybe want to come back to be able to sort of boost and pull in some of the original Suits audience that you maybe haven't managed to grab yet so there is a possibility for doing that and there's certainly a possibility of them popping up as cameos the other cameos though is I mean they're in Los Angeles representing powerful clients so there is a possibility of having random cameos. Like an entourage thing going yeah. on. Yeah. 
like an entourage thing going on that I think there is a possibility that you could end up doing that well. So people playing versions of themselves. That I think is also an interesting thing. I don't know whether they're planning on doing that, but I think that certainly, if this takes off, would be a possibility. So I think there is a way through with this. A lot of it is going to be depend on the writing and who the rest of the cast is and all that sort of stuff. It's intriguing, though, to me. I, I think this could potentially be quite good. I do want to see a bit more of it. And, you know, hopefully the pilot goes down well enough. But at the moment, it's only a pilot. It'll be up to NBC. And again, it will come back to late April, May time before we know one way or another whether this has got picked up or not. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. So we've only got a few new things dropping next week, but one of them is called Dead Hot. It's coming to Prime Video. That's on the 1st of March. It's from Charlotte Coburn, who is, uh, if you recognize the last name, is daughter of Harlan Coburn. Oh. She also wrote on things like Stay Close and Safe and all those sort of stuff and uh, For Me Once. She actually wrote some of the episodes of that, but uh, this is her own series. It's a comedy thriller about two best friends investigating the death of a man to whom they are both linked. It's called Dead Hot, 1st of March that that lands on there. It's interesting that it's a kind of comedy thriller angle because that's one thing that the Harlan Coven stuff have never really been. So uh, yeah, I think that could be kind of fun. 1st of March on Prime Video for that. The completely made up Adventures of Dick Turpin, which there is a trailer out for this. It looks very, very silly. It's uh, starring Noel Fielding and has half of British comedy royalty showing up in either cameos Mm. or in, in the show. Stars Noel Fielding as Dick Turpin the legendary British Highwayman. 1st of March on Apple TV for that. There will be some of you, if you're old enough, that will remember, of course, there was a far more serious family Dick Turpin show back in the sort of late 70s, early 80s. But uh, this is not that. This is very, very silly by the looks of it. Completely made up adventures of Dick Turpin. Apple TV on the 1st of March for that one. Death and Other Details. That is a new show landing on Disney Plus on the 5th of March. It's uh, Mandy Patinkin, who we know from Criminal Minds and Homelands, plays Rufus Cutworth, who is the world's greatest detective who finds himself on a luxury cruise liner when a locked room murder mystery takes place. This looks like it's going to be very fun. You covered this a while back, didn't you? I think you said. We did some talking about the casting. It's filmed in Canada. So the casting and also features Violet Bean, Melted from The Flash. Yeah. She's a co star on that project, actually. So. Oh, yeah, it looks interesting. Obviously, mysteries are very much all the rage at the moment. So I definitely would give that one a try. Yes, it, it feels a bit sort of knives out, glass onion kind of. I yes. mean, the, the, there are elements of that from the bits and pieces I've read about it. So uh, I think it could be if you like those sort of films. I think this is an interesting series that you want to check out, but it's called Death and Other Details, Disney Plus, 5th of March. That is landing in the UK. And then there is Mary and George, which is a limited series on Sky Atlantic, starts on the 5th of March. Eight-part limited series based on the true story of Mary Villas, played by Julianne Moore, who moulded her beautiful son, George, to seduce King James I and become his all-powerful lover. There's trailers and stuff around for this, but that looks like it could be a really interesting series as 
well. But that's Mary and George, Sky Atlantic on the 5th of March for that. Those are the new shows landing next week. If you want to find more of Daryl's stuff, where can they find you? You can head over to hollywoodnorthnews.net. You can find all our links to our social media and YouTube. There you can head over to our YouTube and see our latest interview, which is with Shamar Moore of Criminal Minds and also SWAT as he talks about the current upcoming season and his hopes for the future. Yes, go and check that out. This is an interesting interview, that one. I did watch through it when it came out. And uh, yeah, it very much does not want that show to end. <laughs> very it. much so. Certainly, if you're trying to save SWAT, very much got his support behind you, I think, on that. So uh, yeah, go check that interview out over on hollywoodnorthnews.net and on their YouTube channel as well. For other people involved in the show, Bex is, of course, still away on hiatus. It's going to be a few more months probably before she uh, decides to come back in some way, shape or form. I see if I can entice her back onto the podcast before then, but we'll see. Bex is on hiatus at the moment, so she's off social media, she's off Twitch. If you're wondering where she's gone, everything's fine she's just a bit burnt out and needs a bit of a rest so uh, that's what she's doing other people involved in the show you can find matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts if you like man united he's got man united podcast there's gaming talk and lots of other stuff that he's doing over there so go and check him out for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook and facebook.com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town on blue sky at geek town on instagram at geek town uk tiktok at geek town uk and threads at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye bye